0: Hi everyone, Mark here. I'm one of the Ministers at Inspire, St James Clerkenwell. Let me have my welcome to Pete's from the start. It's great to have you with us online as we consider this question. Where is God in this pandemic? Now before the lockdown, before the school closures, I would normally drop off my eldest three kids at school each morning. It's quite normal to bump into some of the parents there. Hey, hi, how are you? I'm fine. Get on with our uh, normal working days when things were beginning to really kick off with COVID-19, two of the parents from one of my children's classes came straight up to me. They know I'm a vicar. I said, Mark, how are you doing at this time? How's the work going? And like previous conversations, I said, yeah, no, it's fine. It's all okay. Um, But it seems that this time they weren't satisfied with the answer. And one of them straight up asked me, Mark, well, what is God saying to us through all this? And I thought it was a great question. I've actually had it from a number of people. So often we, we are so busy in, in life with at work and, and kids and essays and keeping up with everyone and everything online. It takes something as, as big as this, this global pandemic now, to literally stop us in our tracks and, and force us to take stock. One quarter of the world's population you know, currently in lockdown so no wonder people are thinking to themselves you know what is going on and what does this teach us and show us about ourselves as human beings and what is most important in life and if God is there well what is he saying to us through this a really important question now if you google where is God in this pandemic you'll get a whole range of answers for some God is Not there. Um, We are completely on our own. He does not exist, which, if true, is not the most comforting of answers. We got ourselves into this mess. So how can we be sure that we can get ourselves out of it? And what if we can't flatten the curve? What if we can't protect our healthcare system? What if I get infected? What if I lose my job? And some of you might think to yourself, you know, what is the point of it all anyway? if at the end of the day we're all going to die and any meaning we had to our lives is and lost forever. Not very comforting if we are all here on our own. Now, there are other people who say, no, God is very much there, uh, very much at work through this pandemic. And this is actually God's judgment on specific people and specific individuals. So the Islamic scholar Hadi al-Madarasi um, talks of, uh, God, COVID-19 being a, an act of Allah and divine punishment against the Chinese. The uh, Israeli rabbi, of Matsuz, talks about divine retribution for gay pride parades. And Donald Trump's um, cabinet Bible teacher, Ralph Drollinger says a similar thing, but also for some reason includes environmentalists uh, on the list um, too. Now, if true... This is not the most hopeful of answers and some of us might be thinking to ourselves isn't God supposed to be all loving isn't God supposed to be all merciful isn't God a god of love and forgiveness and is really is God really using that like covid-19 to like punish a specific set of um people and is that the sort of god that I'd want to follow today anyway Now, it's because of this that one prominent Christian leader uh, here in London has gone to the other extreme and gone so far as to say that the coronavirus is is not from God at all. But then, you know, isn't God supposed to be in control of all things? And if God is not in control of COVID-19, then what is stopping it and stopping this from spiraling completely out of control? So you can see some of the problems with these answers out there. Um, Is there a satisfactory one, Uh, one that uh, does justice to God's love and forgiveness, but also his holiness and judgment, one that is comforting, because that's what we need right now, but one that is also true, that is believable and rational? Well, look, I, I believe there is. I believe an answer can be found uniquely in the person of Jesus Christ. And in this encounter with these two sisters, Mary and Martha, in John um, chapter 11, the passage that was just um, read out to us. Christians believe that Jesus is fully human and fully divine. And so as we see Jesus here responding to suffering, so we get an insight into where God is now in this pandemic and any suffering and loss you and I may be um, facing. Three things for us to see. First, notice how Jesus weeps with us. Let me read from verse 32. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. That is the shortest sentence in the Bible, those two words, Jesus wept, and arguably some of the most profound words and the most profound sentence as we see in the person of Jesus Christ, God's reaction to the pain and suffering that he sees in his world. He weeps at it. He mourns with us. I know some of you will have lost loved ones to COVID-19. A good friend of mine has just lost his sister who had underlying health conditions and he's in South Africa and he couldn't even get back home to see her. Some of you couldn't go home last Sunday, um, uh, Mother's Day, um, because your mothers are over 70 years old. They're in the vulnerable category and you had to stay away, which must have felt so strange on Mother's Day. My wife, Jo, went up to see her parents on Monday evening, anticipating the Prime Minister's announcement and knowing that her mum and dad were about to go into self-isolation. And she you know, said goodbye to them, not knowing when she'd be able to hug them again. Some of you are fearful right now of your job. Some of you are fearful of your uh, livelihoods, of your future. There is so much pain and suffering that each of us are experiencing right now. But I hope you can see here Jesus weeps and with us and this is not a game of let's pretend with jesus he is fully human and fully divine these are real tears these are this is real emotion and if you think about it for a moment jesus must experience the pain and suffering of this world more than anybody else because we tend to only care about those closest to us, our friends and family, but Jesus Christ cares for every human being and that includes you. I was 10 years old when I first experienced the death of a loved one, it was my grandfather, and I remember how much I was comforted by my grandma on the other side of the family and having her there with me Um, holding my hand, reassuring me. I can't remember exactly what she said, but just knowing that she was there, seeing the tears well up in her own eyes. I knew she knew what I was going through. I knew I could draw near to her for the comfort I needed, empathy. And in a similar way, actually in a far better way, We can draw near to Jesus Christ for the comfort we need because he is the greatest comforter of all. He is divine. He is perfect in every way. Now, that might not be something that you have done in a while, draw near to God for comfort. All it takes is is a short prayer. Lord, please comfort me right now. Lord, please would you reassure me of your loving presence with me right now. Lord, show me that you That's all it takes to draw near to God for comfort. I I was chatting to a doctor this week who was saying that amidst all the sick and all the unwell in the hospital, it is so easy to become hardened to the heartbreak and sadness of it all. And it's understandable when you've got a job to do and you've got decisions to make. But Jesus Christ's heart is never hardened to the sadness he sees around us. He is the comforter we all need. He is perfect in every way. He is always with us. So let me encourage you to draw near to Jesus Christ now for all the comfort that you need. Where is God in this pandemic? First, right here, weeping with us. Secondly, right here, speaking to us. Let me read from verse 21. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? In his book, The Free Man's Worship, the atheist and philosopher Bertrand Russell once said that all the labours of the ages, all the devotion, all the inspiration, all the noonday brightness of human genius are destined to extinction in the vast death of the solar system, and that the whole temple of human achievement must inevitably be buried beneath the debris of a universe in ruins. Which, if true, does not exactly put a spring in your step, does it? In fact, Bertrand Russell concluded that if there's no God, that the only firm foundation upon which to build your life is the foundation of unyielding despair, which is not what we want to hear right now. But if what Jesus Christ says here is true, then it changes everything because we know how the story of this universe will end. Not in ruins, but in the sort of happily ever after that you and I long for. We've just signed up for Disney Plus in the Jackson household to help us get through these next few weeks in the lockdown with four kids at home. And Disney are just masters of the happily ever after. The, The rags to riches of Cinderella, the true love between beauty and the beast. Nemo finding his way home. Snow White coming back to life. We love it, don't we? When good defeats evil, when justice prevails, when everything works out in the end. Now, of course, these are just fairy tales, but in the person of Jesus Christ, we have someone who really lived 2,000 years ago and really died. There is no doubt about that. And then three days later, so it is claimed rose from the dead, never to die again. And that is why Jesus Christ has shaped the course of history more than any other figure before or since. And it's why J.R.R. R. Tolkien, the author of The Lord of the Rings, once described Christianity as a true fairy tale. Because all the longings of the human heart for a happily ever after can become true In Jesus Christ. Don't you want to know right now that everything is going to be okay? Immediately with this coronavirus, but ultimately in the face of death. That everything is going to be okay for you in the end. And Jesus Christ says, whoever believes in me will live even though they die. You can be sure that everything will work out for good in the end. And that means that we can live without fear now, be it in this crisis or whatever crisis we face. It means we can pour our lives out now for the sake of others, as Elisa is doing in her job, because we know how the story ends. Death is not the end, and a happily ever after really is coming. So much of our anxiety and fear right now comes from the unknown. How long will this lockdown last? Um, Will we find a cure or a vaccine? Um, Will it be me next with the symptoms? How is this all going to play out? And Jesus Christ is saying, trust in me, believe in me, and you know how it's all going to play out. And there really is nothing you need to fear right now. Where is God in this pandemic He's weeping with us. He is speaking to us. Thirdly and finally, he suffers for us. Let me read from verse 33. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. The Greek word there for deeply troubled is an unusual one. It is often used for the snorting of horses and when applied to human beings suggests an anger and outrage and emotional indignation. So what is Jesus angry about here? Well, some commentators suggest that Jesus is angry about sin and sickness and death, which has invaded his world and has caused so much Havoc and sorrow. Whilst it is definitely not the case that God is using COVID-19 as a judgment on specific individuals, we know that is the case because in John chapter 9, two chapters earlier, When the people ask Jesus about the man born blind, who sinned, this man or his parents? And Jesus categorically says neither, neither this man, neither this parents. It has got nothing to do with a person's individual sin. Nevertheless, it is true to say that broadly speaking, all sickness and disease is a consequence of the fall when the first human beings, Adam and Eve, turned their back on God. And try to live life with no reference to him. And so in a general collective sense, it can be said that COVID-19 is a sign of God's judgment upon the world at large. But as soon as we say that from a Christian point of view, we immediately need to add that the reason for this judgment is to call people back to God. C.S. Lewis, the author of the Narnia stories, once said, God whispers to us in our pleasures, but shouts to us in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Because that is the main thing that God is saying to us through this coronavirus, this global pandemic. Come back to me. And if you have any doubt as to God's love towards you right now, any doubt towards his determination to reach out to you right now, then all you have to do is look at the end of Jesus' life when he is dying on a cross and suffering for you and for me and bearing the judgment of all our sin. Jesus Christ forsaken so we can be forgiven. Jesus Christ dying so that we might live with him both now and forever such as his love for you, that he would die for you, the lengths that he would go to for you to bear this sort of unimaginable suffering in our place, bearing the sins of the whole world. And unique to the Christian message. It was the Anglican minister and theologian John Stott who said, I could never myself believe in God if it were not for the cross. In the real world of pain, How can you worship a God who is immune to it? But in the person of Jesus Christ, we see that God is not immune to pain and suffering, but suffers for us in the deepest way imaginable to bring us back to him. Many people think that the good life is found in the avoidance of pain and the pursuit of pleasure And therefore, this pandemic is really knocking people for six. But Jesus Christ says there is something far greater than that, that life ultimately is about a relationship with him, the relationship we were made for, a relationship that ultimately makes sense of life now, a relationship which death does not end and a relationship which truly finishes with a happily ever after. So where is God in this pandemic? Well, see Jesus here weeping with us, tears of comfort. See him speaking to us words of comfort and ultimately see what he was prepared to go to, go through for us, suffering for us, bearing the judgment of our sin, calling us back to him now. Well, let me encourage us all to turn to him now as I lead us in a short prayer. Father God, we... Thank you very much for sending Jesus Christ into the world. And thank you, that as we see him respond to the pain and suffering that Mary and Martha are going through with the loss of their brother. So we see you and your response, the suffering we are facing now. Thank you that you weep with us, mourn with us. Thank you that you speak to us words of comfort and hope. Thank you that we see how much you do love us because you're prepared to suffer for us. Uh, in this way. Would we hear your call now to come back to you and we ask it for Jesus' sake. Amen.